The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Ushers, if you'd assist us. Do we have those notes? All right, good. Here we go. 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 8. Very familiar passage of scripture. If you're all there, say amen. amen. One day Elijah went to Shunem, went to a, well, a well-to-do woman was there, who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. How many of you know the food is probably good? Probably wasn't bad food. It's probably really good food. She said to her husband, I know that this is a man of God who comes often our way, and he's a holy man of God. Let us make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him that he may stay there whenever he comes to us. One day when Elijah came, he went up to his room and he lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him and Elijah said, tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or commander of the army? And she replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her, Elijah asked. And Gehazi said, well, she has no son and her husband is old. Verse 15. Then Elijah said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway about this time next year, Elijah said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Don't mislead your servants. It's like this is too good to be true. Verse 17, but the woman became pregnant. And the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to his son, just as Elijah had told her. And the child grew, and one day he went out to his father, who was with the reapers. My head, my head, he said to his father, and his father told the servant, carry him to his mother. And after the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. Oh, my goodness. Verse 21. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door and went out. She called to her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I may go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. It is not a new moon or a Sabbath. It's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to the servant, lead on. Don't slow down for me unless... Unless I tell you, verse 25, she set out, came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. That's about 12 kilometers away. It's about a seven and a half mile hike. And when she saw her at a distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, look, it's the Shunammite. Run and meet her and ask, are you all right? Is, every, is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything's all right, she said. And when she reached a man of God at the mountain, she took a hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress. But the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord, she said. 
Didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes? Elijah said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak in your belt and take my staff in your hand and run. If you meet anyone, don't greet him. And if anyone greets you, don't answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives, I, and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and he followed her, and Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went to meet Elijah and told him, the boy is not awakened. And when Elijah reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in and shut the door, just the two of them, and he prayed to the Lord. And he got on the bed and he lay upon the boy, mouth to mouth and eyes to eyes, hands to hands, and he stretched himself out upon him and the boy's body grew warm. Elijah turned away and walked back and forth in the room. And then he got on the bed and stretched out upon him once more and the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word and the principles that are in this text tonight. Move in power, I pray. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. We want to be sure to greet our first-time visitors. I think I neglected to do that. So if you're here for the first time, we're, we're so thankful that you are. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to be that for you. But let's just give you a special greeting. We have a special way of doing that. We, we give a big God bless you on three. Ready? One, two, three. God, God bless you. How do you handle disappointment? Now, I've preached from this text many times before. But in my seeking and praying to the Lord today and this week, I really felt like God wanted to teach us in this series on the Holy Spirit about how to contend, how to fight for your miracle, how to break through to your dreams, contending for your dreams, I've called it. How do you handle disappointment? Anybody been disappointed? If you haven't been, you will be shortly because it's just part of being a human being. It's part of being alive. Some people get angry, some people hide, some get depressed, some people lash out at others. There's lots of different responses. You'll have disappointment in life. Jonah was disappointed. God spoke to Jonah and said, Jonah, go to Nineveh and tell them to repent. He said, I'm not going to those dirt bags. I hate the Ninevite, Nineveh, the Assyrians, Nineveh being the capital city. And he got on a ship and went another direction. And God sent a storm. There are storms that come from God. And the men reluctantly threw him overboard. He was swallowed by a fish. They say it's a whale. It doesn't say it's a whale. It's a fish big enough to swallow a man. Could be a whale. That fish directed by God Almighty goes right to the shores of Nineveh and spits the prophet up on the shore. Probably all white with seaweed hanging off of him. It must have been quite a sight as he decided, hmm, I think I'll obey. (laughs) And he went into Nineveh and he preached and everybody repented in in fasting and sackcloth. Even, even They even had the animals fasting. Everybody repented and he's disappointed that, that basically judgment is averted from Nineveh because they repented. And he's, he's like depressed. 
I mean, what a selfish dude. Kind of reminds me of us. <laughs> Jesus help. <laughs> disappointment will come. You'll see disappointment throughout scripture and you'll experience it in your own lives. And things will happen that we don't understand. Fill in the blanks. Things will happen you don't understand. You don't have a framework for, what, why did that happen? What, what, what's up with that? Why did I get the sickness? Why, why didn't I get the promotion? Why, why have I been rejected? Why, why did that happen? Things will happen that you don't understand. How do you handle that? Let's look at this text, how the Holy Spirit can work through us. Now, Elijah had received an inherited anointing from his master, Elijah. And it's symbolized by this mantle that he picks up as Elijah was taken up of the whirlwind. And the mantle is a picture of the Holy Spirit. In fact, we did a whole series on that mantle and what that really means. And a picture of how the Holy Spirit works. And Elisha said, Shunem, and this wealthy woman encourages him to stay for a meal. And like I said, it must have been a decent meal. How many of you know, how many of you ever had something to eat and you're like, I don't, there was that rap song long ago, The Chicken Tastes Like Wood. Does anybody remember? There was one line in there. You know, you go to your friend's house and they feed you chicken and it tastes like wood. And you're like, is it good? You're like, oh, yeah. But really, it isn't. I'm telling you that the man didn't have to come back, but he kept coming back because it must have been some, you know, like lobster or king crab legs or something really tasty. And as he continues to return, the woman, having wisdom, talks with her husband and wants to make room for the man of God. I've heard many a message on this. Make room for the anointing, making room for God, on and on. You can do certain things to invite God's presence and power into your home and into your life in a greater way. He'll respond to you, a broken and contrite heart. He will not spurn. He's drawn to humility. He's drawn to somebody who wants to come near. The greatest invitation in all of Scripture, I believe, is in the book of James. Draw near unto me, and I will draw near unto you. You want to get close to God? Bust your Bible out. Come on, read it more than you do just at church begin to spend time in the morning spend time with him in prayer talk with him walk with him worship him and you'll find him to begin to come close to you and so she makes room for him builds him this room with the approval of her husband on her roof probably a flat roofed house does an addition and so the prophet elijah wants to reward her for her generosity and so she says well there's nothing you can give me i'm just sort of summarizing the story and this is all in your notes there's nothing you can really give me but gehazi the servant of the prophet says oh well she doesn't have a son and her husband's old i mean how many old dude can't have a baby stories, are there in scripture? I, I didn't count, but here's another one. Here's another Abraham and Sarah story. And, uh, and so she says, no, 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 she can't take it. It's too good to be true. It's like the psalmist said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. When the blessing of God really becomes to come, when, when the blessing of God really comes on your life in an increasing way, you will find yourself like that brother. Some of you thought I was joking. I wasn't joking. Got a million dollar inheritance. Some of you will find yourself in the midst of that kind of windfall, watershed, unbelievable breakthrough, and you stand there and you just go, ah, ah, God, you're awesome. And you're like beside yourself for what he did for you. 
If you haven't been there, you will get there. God will do that for you. I've been in some situations like that where all I could do is cry because of God's goodness blown, just poured out on me, not because of anything I did, just because of his great love and delight over me and my family. It just goes boom, lays it on you. And that's the way that man was. And that's the way this woman is. This woman's like, don't say it. Don't say it. You know, I mean, she's wanted, obviously, a child so long. She's just freaked out by the possibility that now the man of God has prophesied a child. And it's almost too much for her to handle. And so by this time next year, you'll be holding a son. She objected, it's too good for me. Gee, time passes. Well, she gets pregnant. Miracle. Time passes and tragedy strikes. I don't care for tragedies at all. And yet death comes to everyone. And tragedy comes to everyone. I say it this way. The wind of hell will blow on your life at some point. And I don't understand all of that. And somebody says, well, it has to come through the hand of God. I've heard other people say, well, it's, the, it's all the will of the Lord. It's just the will of God. That's nonsense. Not everything's the will of God. Not everything. Sickness and disease is not God's will. Why? Because it's not in heaven, and you can see clearly all who came to Jesus were healed. Well, how come everybody's not healed? Everybody's healed eventually. You might be in heaven when you get the fullness of it. We don't understand. Nor do we know how planets don't crash into each other and how one second from the sun's energy is more energy that's ever been produced in the entire history of mankind. One second from the sun's energy. And he said, let there be light. He's God. You're not. So I don't understand. I just know that God's good. This tragedy strikes. One, one uh, scholar said it was probably sun stroke. We don't know. The text doesn't tell us, but he dies. So her dream, her miracle, her boy is now dead. And how she handles this disappointment is well worth looking at. She seeks out Elisha, and Elisha is used by God to bring the boy back to life. And I think to understand the degree of disappointment that she had at her dream dying, I think honestly, really, to be honest, I think you'd have to be a woman, and I think you would have to have a lost a child. And that would probably be the only ones that would be able to really understand the depths of her disappointment. I've lost a child. It was horrible. And it was worse for my wife. Why is that? Women are wired differently than men. But understand, this is no small disappointment. This is a rock your world, destroy your life type of thing that's happened for her. How she responds... She contended for her dream. She contended for her miracle. You know what a heavyweight contender is? She fought. Some people have the mistaken idea that just because you're a Christian now or you go to church, that it's all just going to happen for you and spring up daisies everywhere you go. I'm glad I was taught otherwise. I'm surprised actually when the daisies just spring up and then I rejoice. But mostly, I've been made for the fight and I kind of like it. It's just sort of gone the way God wired me up. It's, we're in it to win it. Amen. And we've already won. We fight from a place of victory. She comes here. How does she contend? Man, 
she contends for her dream. She contends for her miracle. She lays the boy in the prophet's room. She picks her boy, her only boy, her one and only son, and brings him up to the room of the prophet and puts him on the bed. Her actions was saying, God, this boy you gave to me, and God, this is really your problem. This is, this is your dream. This is your miracle. I even said no. The prophet gave to me. Now he's dead, and Lord, what are you going to do? Either this boy's going to get up in this prophet's room, or this room is going to be a tomb, but you're going to have to do something because we have a major problem here. That is a great response to come to God and say, God, help. She does that. She doesn't go tell her husband what happened, which to me is, um, I don't know, I, there's a couple different ways to look at it. I, I mean, I, I can look at my wife and in one moment tell whether things are on or off. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I wake up in the morning and look and go, praise the Lord. Or wake up in the morning and go, okay, hallelujah, what's going on? And she can look at me the same way. And know exactly if I if I if I'm struggling with something yesterday, I had a weight on me yesterday, was contending for stuff, was getting stretched, was believing for some miracles. Amen. I'm getting stretched. Anybody else getting stretched? I'm getting stretched. It's kind of what the Lord's serving up right now. Hello. And so my wife looked at me and said, You all right? I said, I'm all right. But I'm in the back. I'm all right. Shaka tapa. I'm all right. Come on. Bring it. You know what I'm talking about? You're in a fight. She's in a fight. And she doesn't even tell her husband. Now, I think her husband might have looked at her and said, uh-oh. Okay, babe. Or maybe he looked at her and thought, well, everything's great. But she doesn't go moaning to him. She doesn't go complaining to him. Now, I'm all for being tr- transparent in your marriage, and you better have that. But I think the illustration is, the, the point here is, don't go run into everybody belly aching about what the problem is you have. Run to God. Run to God. Run to God. So many people are willing to get on Facebook, get on their Twitter, get on their Instagram, get complaining and moaning to the person about, oh, I can't believe it. Can you believe it? Oh, and just moaning about the problem that they have. Now, you need to have accountability, so I don't want to take that too far. But the first one you ought to run to is God. Yeah. And she does that. She, this is the picture. Anyway, she runs to the, the prophet and she clings to him. In verse 27, she clings. And, and the, the, the helper of the man of God, you weren't supposed to touch the dude. I mean, you probably got that picture. She, the, he didn't even talk to her. He talked to her through the servant. So now she shows up and she just throws himself at the man of God. And Gehazi's like, have you lost your mind, girl? Get off. And he says, leave her alone. She's disturbed. She's, she's troubled. She's distressed. And I love how the, the, the prophet says, the Lord has hidden it from me. The Lord has hidden from me what's happened. You know, you can't move beyond what revelation you have. Don't move beyond what God showed you to do. Don't try to get a good idea. You have to have God's idea. Recently, we were making a, a choice, a decision of taking a vacation to go see my father. I want to see him, uh, and it's all set up, and you know, the only problem is um, I don't have the 100% from the Lord. Listen, people die for less. Hello. You have to be led by the Lord. I'm not, I, I have the fear of the Lord. I don't have a fear really of too much else. 
but I don't want to be outside his will. So if I lose my peace and I don't have a revelation and do something, I'm not doing it. We've talked about going to two services here on Sunday mornings, and we might well. However, we're not doing it yet. Why not? Because I have no peace and I have no revelation about doing it. In other words, we're going to continue to do from the last thing he told us to do until he tells us to do something else. You see, many people don't do that. It becomes uncomfortable. They don't want to. The prophet says it's hidden from me. In other words, I can't do anything. I can't help her. I don't know what's going on. It's hidden from me. And then he tells her. She's contending, she's fighting, she's fighting for her dream, fighting for her miracle. Listen, y'all need to learn to fight. You need to learn to contend. A triumph of persistent faith. She, many people think that if it doesn't happen quickly, then it's not God. Well, we would have folded up Anchorage then long ago. It's been a little bit of a fight for us. But we haven't, why? Because we don't have that view. We have a view that you've got to contend, that you have to fight. There are times when things are instant, and praise the Lord for that. And there's other times where you have to contend. You have to do your all and let God do the rest. I've gotten very concerned over marriages. I was just back from the islands. I might hear stories about, oh, yeah, they're not, they're not married anymore. I'm like, what? I mean, what kind of lazy? I mean, listen, there's reasons for divorce. There are reasons for divorce. But mostly I see people that don't know how to fight for their wife or fight for their husband. I mean in the spirit. Irreconcilable differences. Go slap yourself. I fell out of love. What kind of brain damage nonsense is that? It's because you never maybe knew what it really was. Because it has nothing to do with warm fuzzies and, you know, or fuzzy navels or anything else. It has nothing to do with whether you're, you know, attracted now that you've been married 10 years. You want to trade in for a younger version or something. Jesus, help us out. You know, God can bring a breakthrough in your marriage. And God hates divorce. That's right. And really the only good reason for divorce is the breaking of the marriage covenant, which I believe can be broken in a number of ways. Adultery, of course, is one. If, if, if there's an abuser in the home and, and there can be wife abu- wives that abuse their husbands and beat them up, uh, I've seen that, especially in Alaska. And, and I've seen it the other way also. Hello. And so if there's constant abuse, how many of you know that physical violence can be a breaking of the covenant? You're supposed to cherish. What are you guys laughing at? You're supposed to, che- supposed to love and cherish each other. Amen. Not beat each other up. So if there's, you know, that maybe Tarzan needs to swing alone by himself. There can be reasons for that. The psalmist said he trains my hands for war. If you look throughout scripture, come on, how many of you are in a fight right now? You're you're in a fight, you're contending. And that fight might be contending for more of God's power, more of God's presence, more intimacy with the Lord, less of your flesh going deeper in God. It It can be contending for a physical miracle. It can be contending for a financial miracle. It can be fighting for the dream that God's given you in your marriage, in your kids. I'm gonna tell you, the fight is never over until it's over. It's not over until we go to go to meet him or we hear the trumpet sound that's when the fight is over as long as you have this flesh as long as you're in this world you'll fight the good fight of faith that's the apostle paul said i've fought the good fight of faith i've i've contended so many people abort the plan of god 
The Holy Spirit wants to work through you in persistence. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind or self-discipline. Self-discipline. The Holy Spirit will help you have self-discipline. Come on. Come on, think about the woman with the issue of blood. So she's 12 years, she suffers under the hand of many physicians, spent all that she had. She has no more money. She spent all of her money. She's still bleeding. She's still got a problem. She's out in public illegally, according to Levitical law, because she's unclean. And yet she says in her heart, I don't give a fig. What, you can stone me. You can kill me if you want to. I heard about this Jesus. I heard about the Messiah. I heard about the one from Nazareth that when he lays hands on the sick, they recover. I heard about the blind seeing and the deaf hearing. I've heard about the lame walking. I've heard about miracles. I've had this issue too long. Kill me then if you must. If you want to uncover me and I don't get healed, well, I'm dying anyway. The desperation in her heart caused her to pray through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and she got a miracle. We have to learn to contend. We have to learn to contend for our dreams. Contend for miracles. That's what this woman was doing when she hiked seven miles at her age. I don't think she's young. Because her husband was beyond beyond, uh, the ability to be able to give children. At least it, 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 it alludes to that. Over and over, you can see in Scripture, Bartimaeus is another one, cried out to the Lord, 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 Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciples said, dude, be quiet. Shh, that's religion that'll tell you to shush. Religion will tell you to be quiet. If you've ever seen somebody desperate, I mean really desperate. I mean they're headlong diving at the altar. They're 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 they're, they're so messed up. It's not cute. It's not some kind of cute Christianity, and we see that here. I think America's going to get desperate before we have a real great breakthrough revival. Not sure what'll make it that way. I mean the depth of evil. They burned that guy alive. I mean, we are, we are facing evil like we never have before. And God's going to show up like he never has before. Can somebody say amen? Bartimaeus cried out to the Lord. Then he got, then he got his miracles. I don't know why we call him blind Bartimaeus. Because he's seeing Bartimaeus now. <laughs> Homeboy's got a set of eyes now. He, he, he's not blind anymore. Why? Because he contended. He fought. He cried out all the more. Over and over. Come on, the apostle Paul t- said, contend. Wage a good warfare for the prophetic word spoken over you. What? Do what? Wage a good warfare. How many of you know what that is? Fight the good fight with the prophetic word that was given you. If it was just supposed to happen, I remember hearing years ago, uh, a, a church friend of mine, close friends of mine went to a church and they had a prophet uh, that had come through our church and then went off to theirs. It was a different, different group on a different island in Hawaii. And uh, he said to me a number of months later, he says, well, I don't know about that prophetic stuff. I said, why is that? He said, because the stuff that he said never happened. 
I said, well, did you guys do what you were supposed to you do all of your part? Oh, no, no, what do you mean? I mean, just, he said it, so it's supposed to just happen. Listen, God can speak to you and give you a word. You need to take that thing and get in it like it's an M16 and just blow a pieces, anything in front of you. And you just get in it like a tank and mow over the opposition. God said that he, he's going to do this thing for you. Then you pray, you fast, you give, you, you contend for that thing. You wield the sword of the word until you see it come about. That's called waging a good warfare. The enemy doesn't, the enemy heard about the victory you're about to have. He doesn't want to just let you roll over and let you have it. Forget it, I'm going over here. Praise God. Do you, come on, do you think that do you think that the enemy who hindered the apostle Paul, who wrote three quarters of the New Testament, if he hindered the apostle Paul, do you think he could stop you? Yes. Do you think he could stop the church? Yes, he can. I mean, he could hinder us if we don't fight. Yeah, he's underneath our shoe. If you put him there and keep him there. The Syrophoenician woman, the Gentile woman with the demon-possessed daughter. Remember, she comes to Jesus. He doesn't even answer. Calls her a dog. And she answers and says, yes. But even dogs eat eat the crumbs from the master's table. And Jesus is like, oh, that's good right there. And he says, commends her for her faith and gives her a miracle. She had to fight for it. Luke 18, widow, woman with the unjust judge. Judge doesn't fear God or man. She harasses him so long, finally he says, fine, what do you want? And he gives her, her, gives her justice. And then Jesus says in that parable in Luke 18, yet when the son of man comes, will he find, listen to me very closely all across this place. When the son of man comes, will he find faith in the earth? Faith is related to persistence. If you're not persistent, you need more faith. So the Holy Spirit works through those who persist, who persevere. The prophet had to persevere, and but so did the woman. We see the Holy Spirit in both perseverance of the woman and Elijah. The woman would not leave Elijah until she would come to the room where her son was. And Elijah sent his servant, put the staff on his face at the place where the boy was, prayed. He really followed Elijah's pattern. His master's pattern really kind of does the same thing. I think that's where he learned that. The boy sneezes seven times, and that's a whole nother message. We could get into all the well, seven sneezes, and God's speaking to us tonight. We're not going to get into the seven sneezes. Amen. I believe God's speaking to us tonight on this Holy Ghost night. Don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on your dream. Just don't give up. Come on, somebody say, don't give up. But why? Why has this happened, Pastor? I don't know. I have no idea. Contend. If it's God's will, it happen already. How do you know? How do you know the enemy's not hindering you? How do, you, how do you know about God's timing? How do you know about whether it's the perfect time or this is the time for that to happen? How do you know what God's will is? How do you know? How many, answer the question. How many of you know? Here's a, here's, a, here's a key. It's right here. 
It's the word of God. But even in between that, in other words, it's not going to tell you whether you should buy the red couch, whether you should take the trip to Mexico. It's not going to tell you whether you should go to Florida or not. It's not going to tell you that. You, to them that are led by the Spirit of God or the sons of God, you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I frankly, for one, am terrified of, 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 of disobeying. I just don't lose my peace. That's the key for me. Listen, it's the major key for me. God speaks to me. If I, I mean, I, if I lose my peace, I find out what's that about. And I pray, and I try to find it, and sometimes we end up in travail. Sometimes we end up in, in intercession until that thing lifts, and to find out later it was for a missionary. Other times it's, it's over my children, or over my wife, or over my kid, over our, our marriage maybe, or over the church, or over some of you. God speaks to me on a regular basis about people in our church. Pray for him now. I mean, one of the ways he doesn't have a phone, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but I'll open up my 17, 1800 contacts and I'll just spin through those things. And literally the Holy Spirit will light, light them up as I'm spinning through. I'll go, oh, and I'll pray. And sometimes I'll call. Sometimes I'll just pray. You've got to be led by the spirit. There's, come on. How many people here tonight? Maybe 120 here tonight. So how many wills are there in this room tonight? About 120 plus gods, that would be 121, and the devils, that'd be 122 different wills in the room tonight. Is everything God's will? No. You've got to know what his will is according to the word, and you've got to know what he's spoken to you, and then you contend for it. Come on, somebody say contend for it. Don't let the devil rob you. Don't let the devil rob you. Fight for your miracle. Fight for your dream. Contend for your dream. And the power of the Holy Spirit is many times released through perseverance. Over the years, over the about 20 years, we've been serving the Lord in ministry. We have seen people come into the church Here's, here's a true story. Two men came in, very similar situations, both of them. They both got on fire, they got saved, they got baptized in the Spirit, praying in tongues, never missing a service, reading their Bibles, got plugged into the different things, and the church began to get discipled, grow in their relationship with the Lord. And then over the course of time, uh, both of them ended up getting discouraged and and it did the, the dream that they had it just it didn't turn out and one one specifically was for for his wife to come back there was he gotten addicted to drugs and his marriage blew apart and she was she was just waiting to see if he would really come around and serve the Lord full on and so he does that for a while but it wasn't quite long enough for her I mean I know the inside story she just wasn't sure yet, so she wanted to wait a little bit longer, but he was not he was not patient enough. And so, you know, Susie Q came along. His wife is still waiting, kids still waiting, serving God in two different places. He's he's like, Well, you know, I didn't get my marriage back yet. It's a year, you know. I guess I guess I'll just get divorced and get remarried. So he did. And uh, he married another girl that loved the Lord. And it's not been well for him. 
the, the other guy just backslid because it didn't come through for like he wanted. So he just quit on the Lord and said, well, God, if you loved me, then you would have come through for me. And he's toast. You don't even serve God anymore. I don't even know what happened. This other guy got married to Susie Q. And it has been a horrible nightmare for 10 years for him. Called to the nations, tremendous prophetic giftings, all kinds of stuff. Why? I mean, God can turn it for good, you know? Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Wait, this, is, this is not it. This is just an internship. Come on, you're in an internship. This is not the final deal. One day you will die. One day I will die. And we will go and we will rule and reign with Christ in the, in the millennial reign. We, come on, you're not going to play a harp. You're going to live forever. This is just an internship. But God wants to bless you, wants to help you, wants to teach you how to contend for miracles. And if you quit see the fruit of persistent faith. The Holy Spirit frequently works through those people who just won't quit. Hard as one person said, oh, I just wish I could have a ministry like that. I wish I could have a ministry like that. And the, the preacher said, you don't need a wishbone, honey. You need backbone. You wish all you want to. Stand up, take the word of the Lord, fast and pray, and set your face like a flint. Don't be moved for what God said he was going to do, and God is not a man that he should lie. He sends forth his word. It does not return void. Come on, he's on the throne. He's defeated hell and death and the grave, and he's working in you. Come on, he's working in you to will and act according to his good purpose. He's making you and molding you even into the image of his son. Every challenge, every problem, every healing, every deliverance, all the provision and all the disappointment, all of it working together like a big God electron collider just sort of hitting you and making you into the image of Christ. Let it have its work. Quit belly aching. Start fighting. Can you say amen? Fight, contend. Not with a mean spirit. Not with an angry spirit. With a broken and contrite spirit. Contend. Do not be moved from what God said you could have. Don't ever tolerate what God can deliver you from. Real success is having what God says you can have. Doing what God says you can do. And being what God says you can be. And in the end, period, well done. Thou good, faithful, servant. Last point. Don't live with your disappointment. Believe that God will turn it for good. Don't just swallow disappointment. Turn it. Come on, somebody say, turn it. Come on, stand up on your feet and say, turn it. Turn it for good, God. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Spirit work through you in perseverance. Don't quit. and you're just weary. I mean, I've been, I've been weary at times. It's just like you're battle weary. And you need strength tonight. You need a touch from God tonight. I want to invite you just to come all the way up to the front. Come on, we're going to pray. We're going to pray God's going to strengthen you.
but something happened for me a long time ago, my wife and I. We just decided as we read through the scripture, and through all the testimony of people that served God many, many, many more years than us, 50, 60, 70 years serving God, they all said the same thing. It was an evangelist that came and just different things that happened for us, and we settled it. We settled it in our heart. We never came with the argument ever again, even in the death of our child. We just never brought it up again that God is good. He is good, and the devil is bad. It's the greatest revelation you can have. You settle in your heart. You settle in your mind. No matter what, God is good. Now, come on. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. He's going to release the blessing of the Lord. I want to sing this again, and as we do, God's going to strengthen us. Come on. God's going to give us a fresh anointing. Come on. All across this place. Let the Holy Spirit begin to come upon you. Come on, right now. Weariness go.
over you I saw your family line and I saw raindrops from heaven beginning to fall and then just a few raindrops began to be much rain and I heard the Lord say and even now that which you've been contending and praying for you're going to see the breakthrough for the rain of my spirit is falling springtime is here the sound of turtle dove is heard in the land and even the hardest hearted one I'm softening their hearts the rain and the love of God is falling. So don't be weary, my daughter. Be of good cheer. I've heard your cry. And I've come here. And I will restore all the years that the locusts have taken from you. As a sign unto you, you're going to find vitality in your physical body. Strength to your joints. It's like you're getting a Holy Ghost makeover. It'll be like the years have just rolled off. Thank you. 
one by one the answers to prayers you've prayed for years. Release revelation, strengthen those 
that hang down and the feeble knees. God, strengthen them tonight by your spirit. The weariness and the malaise, the tiredness, the battle weary. Go. Be rejuvenated. Be revived. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're not right with God, don't you leave this place without being reconciled to Him. If you've never given your heart to Jesus for the first time, or maybe you need to make a recommitment because you drifted in your walk and you know you did, you need to come back home tonight. Or give your heart to Him for the first time all across this place, those online. You see, that's me, Pastor. Would you raise your hand? Is that anybody here? You need to get right with God. God bless you, sir. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? your heart to Jesus for the first time. God bless you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Those online, perhaps, I just pray this, just right out loud, sincerely before God. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says if you believe in your heart that God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die in our place and raised him again from the grave, then you'll be saved. All of us have sinned and fallen short, but God made the payment for us. And if we could earn it, he never would have sent his son Jesus to do it. Come on, say it, everybody all across this place. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you, Holy Spirit. Fill each and every one. Break every bondage. Break every curse. Fill us, God, with your spirit. A hunger for the Word of God. A hunger for fellowship with other believers. backs on sin, living it as a living sacrifice for you, considering all that you've done, a reasonable thing to do is to live for you in every part of our being. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook 
and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.